promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come, but when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. In that day you will not ask me anything. Truly I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. On that day you will ask in my name, and I am not telling you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came from God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is John 16, and it's a passage that uh, we've chosen for the Gospel reading for this Sunday, dealing with this issue of the closing of the Lord's Prayer, right? We've been talking all week about the Amen, and it's interesting that that here the, the verse begins with Amen, Amen, is what the Greek says. Amen, Amen. Most truly I say to you, truly I tell you, something is going to be taking place that is truly going to be taking place, that nothing else is going to be able to take place apart from this that is going to take place, because I'm telling you that this is going to take place, is what Jesus is saying. And it's it's his word of faith, that he starts handing to us this word of faith, that we're supposed to trust that when he says, Amen, Amen, most truly I tell you, that that very truly I tell you, that, that what I'm telling you right now is the truth, that it is trustworthy, that you can believe me with what I'm going to tell you. He then paints a beautiful picture of what this is going to be, beautiful in the sense of what the outcome is, not what the current uh, happenings are, because he, he likens what is going to happen to mourning and to childbirth. Mourning in the sense that what was coming was twofold. One, they're going to see him crucified, condemned, convicted, sent to the cross, dying on the cross and being buried. But then their joy will be made complete in him because then they will see him risen. And then they're going to come back to mourning because he's going to leave them. He's going to go to the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father Almighty. And so they're again going to be at a point of sorrow, a point of mourning. But yet it's going to turn back to joy again because he is going to return. Most truly I tell you, this is true. This is going to be so. It will be so, is what he is saying. But then this picture of labor, uh, of a woman in labor. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering 
because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. How can you not read that verse? That's verse 21. How can you not read that verse and not think of John chapter 3? That you must be born from above. You must be born again. Unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I believe personally this is what Christ is alluding to here. And this is what John is alluding to here. That we are in this, this constant working of being birthed from above. That sorrow and pain are going to come. Suffering is going to come. But through that suffering, through that pain, uh, comes new birth, new life. Uh, uh, joy then comes because that, that new one has, has been brought into the world. And that is going to be this transformative work. I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about my son who uh, had his first uh, soccer match here for, for the new high school that, that we are at uh, th- this week. And uh, they didn't do so well. Uh, I, I believe they lost 13 to nothing. And uh, as I was texting with him after the game, because I wasn't able to go because it's two hours away, uh, I just said, you know what, dude? It, hardships like this create character. Learning how to lose well is a good good uh, value to have in life. It's, it's something good to have in our life. But when we suffer, when we, when we get hit hard by something like that, we, we have the opportunity then to learn from that, to learn from our mistakes, rather than trying to avoid them, trying to avoid suffering, to avoid pain, so that we can just continue down whatever this road is that we think is supposed to be this blessed, wonderful thing. Instead, the sufferings and the trials come to us in, t- in order to transform us. And in many ways, the sufferings and trials come to us in this life and sometimes brought to us by God to humble us, to break us down, to put us to death, in other words, to bury us with Christ in our baptism and raise us to new life so that we constantly go back to him, going back to the promises given to us rather than trying to trust in ourselves or what the world can do for us. And so here he's saying that most certainly I tell you, these things are going to come, but joy is going to come afterwards rejoicing, happiness, these things that are going to come to you because of what God is going to be doing in you. And then he says, A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. On that day you will ask in my name, and I am not telling you that I will ask the Father in your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. The fact that, that we are put in a position of believing and trusting of what it is that Christ says. And that when we do pray, however it is that we do pray, when we pray in his name, meaning pray according to his reputation, according to his will, it is there that we are praying in faith. So that when we conclude with that amen, we are trusting that God will do what it is that we ask of him, even no matter how difficult it may be that God might care for us because we know that he loves us and he wants to uh, fulfill his promises in us. Well, church, I pray that this week you will continue to uh, live by those promises, live within that amen, trusting of what it is that God is going to do, especially as we are going to be entering into the week of Thanksgiving, being able to trust and, and desire to know more 
of what it is to, to trust God and his promises. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the amen we speak cause us to be certain that our petitions are acceptable to and heard by you. For you yourself commanded us to pray like this and has promised to hear us. We pray these words, saying, yes, yes. May these all be so. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you on Sunday.